good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to yet another episode of the We the People podcast, where we are discussing at length the constitution of Zimbabwe, for which all the rights and freedoms are enshrined. I am Makumbarero Muropa, and as always, I am joined by Ngolista Mlambo to discuss at length about these issues that concern all citizens. And this program has been brought to you by Section 7, which is a platform on the national constitution which harnesses citizen energy and mobilizes communities so that they can use the constitution for self-advancement and self-protection, either as individuals or in concert with others. So are you ready for us to discuss yes, the thank you Bill so of Rights? Thank you so much, Marco. I'm more than ready. Greetings to all our listeners in different parts of the world. Thank you for your consistent support and feedback that you give us on this uh, podcast. And there you've heard it. So today we will be discussing the Bill of Rights, which for many people, um, the true essence of the Constitution is embodied. So the Bill of Rights is, of course, extracted from the Universal Declaration mm. of Human Rights, which was, of course, signed mm. a long time ago. 1948. In 1948, exactly. Yeah. Asserting the freedoms um, that should be afforded awarded to all human beings on the face of the earth mm. and we are privileged uh, in the zimbabwe national constitution that these principles are of course imputed so today we're going to be doing an introduction to the bill of rights because we yeah. need to understand that there are certain disclaimers that are given by the constitution itself with regards to the bill of rights itself and its interpretation either by the courts or by the state so section 44 reads and says there is a duty to respect fundamental human rights and freedoms and the very wording then says and i quote the state and every person including juristic persons and every institution and agency of government at every level must respect promote protect and fulfill the rights and freedoms set out in this chapter so so yeah. before before you you read further <laughs> I think this one is instructive, section 44. The obligation, some people think that the right or the obligation, sorry, to respect human rights is solely placed on the state or the government. But I think the constitution is clear. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have this podcast, to educate each other. The obligation is not only on the state or agents of government at, at all levels, but rather on, all, on citizens as well and non-state actors, which brings the point that it is the duty of each and every Zimbabwean yes. to respect, to uphold, to defend human rights, fundamental human rights. And I think we have to move beyond, you know, demanding the respect of human rights from the state itself. But as citizens, we have to, number one, to be aware of these rights so that we're able to assert them and make them a living reality. And I, I think in the next episode, as we'll be discussing the rights in detail, yeah. we'll be putting the human face, yeah. you know, giving examples, practical examples that relate to these uh, particular rights. So you can, you can continue. And absolutely, I think what you're touching on is very important in that the human rights apply both vertically mm -hmm. and also horizontally. Yes, and yes. that is to say, human rights, there is a relationship between how the state treats its subjects, but also in between subjects. Yes. To say we also have human rights that we should uphold in the context of others. Mm -hmm. um, and that is why this duty um, to uphold, protect, respect, and promote the human rights is placed on all persons, both juristic and, and natural. Juristic, yeah. Now, section 45 is the application um, clause, which mm. actually then says in part one, this chapter binds the state and all executive, 
legislative and judicial institutions and agencies of government at every level. Mm. Part two says this chapter binds natural and juristic mm. persons to yes. the extent that is applicable to them, taking into account the nature of the right or freedom concerned and any duty imposed by it. Mm. And the final um, subsection there says juristic persons as well as natural persons are entitled to the rights and freedoms set out in this chapter to the extent that those rights and freedoms can appropriately be extended to them. Maybe you can define what do what do we mean by juristic persons? What do we mean by natural persons? Yes. So that for someone who is a non-legal person, yes. they can have a clear <laughs> understanding. When we say a juristic person, what are we talking about? So when we're dealing with uh, natural persons, we're talking about living people mm -hmm. um, who have rights and duties that are afforded to them on the basis of their humanity. You and I. Yes. Yes. So when we're now dealing with um, inanimate objects such as property or inanimate um, things uh, such as businesses, um, such as states or agencies of government, mm. we cannot look at them as one individual, but we want to give them the qualities of humanity so that rights and duties or rights and obligations okay. can accrue. Okay. So we call them juristic, juristic persons. persons. Okay. Right? These are a collection of people, either in the form of a government or a judicial body, or it's a company or it's a legal entity mm. that should be given a, a title. Um, this, that's, they should be given personality. Oh, so so, 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 so yes. to, to understand you clearly. Yes. In the event that a juristic, is it, okay, is it possible for a juristic person mm to violate human rights. Absolutely. Okay. So we, we also need to give them the qualification of being a person, and that mm. is a juristic person, um, so that we can hold them accountable okay. for violation of rights or mm. for contravening a duty that has been imposed on them. Mm. So if a company, um, or whether it's a mining entity, violates human rights, we mm. should be able to bring them to court as a juristic person. Or oh, okay, so let's say for the practically in Zimbabwe, yes. we have mining companies, for example, in some parts of Manikaland, yes. the Penalonga area that have been mining and polluting Mutari River, you yes. know, using cyanide and animals, domestic animals have been dying. Yes. So you are saying a citizen can approach, for example, the courts of law, mm -hmm. right, and say so-and-so mining company, has been polluting Mutare River due to its mining activities yes. and in the process violating my right to a safe and clean environment, my right to, you know, property, you know, Bosqueto is property in this context. Absolutely. My right to clean, uh, portable and safe water. Yes. So we can sue the company. We can. Okay. Yes. Okay. So okay. this enables us to, to recover for losses that have been incurred. Mm. This enables us to approach the court. Mm. Um, because these entities, we need to know that although they are a collection of people um, and they're existing as a legal entity, yeah. a lot of people would have, um, would, would actually use these entities to to, to, to strong arm the law, at least to mm. run away from the implications. Oh, hence yes. they are now also hence called juristic people. Be okay. um, ah, and an obligation is also placed upon them by the constitution. As well. by the constitution. Yeah, you can continue. This that is precisely Thank you so is. much. Thank you. So yeah. this, this, this application then applies to all people, both natural and juristic, mm -hmm. to ensure that the human rights that have been afforded to us by the constitution yeah. are upheld, protected, and promoted. Now, section 46 is the interpretation clause. And the interpretation, interpretation of clause, the rights. Yes. Okay. So the interpretation clause says that in part one, when interpreting this chapter, a court, tribunal, forum, or body must give full effect to the rights and freedoms enshrined in this chapter. 
Okay. Part B says they must promote the values and principles that underlie a democratic society. Which we saw in chapter 3. Exactly. In the episode in chapter when we did the episode on founding values and principles. Exactly. Okay. You know, one and in the made, preamble. In the preamble, exactly. A democratic free society. Yes. Okay. So, so you know, in, when we're talking about the, a democratic society, it says here, based on openness, mm. justice, human dignity, equality, and freedom. Mm. In particular, the values and principles set out in chapter 3. As of the Constitution. Said. Yes. Perfect. Part C says... They so, must... sorry. Yes. So, what, what, what we are witnessing, mm-hmm. so that we, we flow together, is that you can't read particular sections of the Constitution in isolation. In isolation exactly. You read the Constitution in its entirety, linking chapter yes. 3 to chapter 4, chapter 4 to, you know, and stuff like that. So, I think this is an important aspect of... Constitutionalism. Yes. That you don't read the constitution in isolation, but you read it collectively and interlink from the preamble yes. to the last annexure that you find in the constitution. Which makes uh, so much sense because we need to understand constitutionalism as being mutually reinforcing at mm. all levels. Mm. When we're looking at the preamble and the founding values and mm. then moving into the provisions and then, okay. of course, in the Bill of Rights, okay. all of these things are sending one message Mm. all of these things are conveying um you know the same rights and duties that have been afforded to the people Mm -hmm. um who have been been introduced as the ones that are the basis of authority Mm. uh, within the constitution exactly because all authority is derived from the people of zimbabwe so all of this is reinforcing the facet putting the people at the center okay absolutely Ah, perfect and Fortunately, that is the reason why we're calling this podcast "We the People." We the People, <laughs> exactly. It's about the people. It's about the people. It's about the people. So, just moving on from there, Part D then says it must. All these tribunals or courts must pay due regard um, for the provisions of the Constitution. And of course, finally, Chapter Four, Chapter Section Forty-Seven, uh-huh. um, then says it's a non-preclusion clause, which says that this chapter does not preclude the existence. Of other rights. Can you explain what that means? This means that the rights that are going to be mentioned in the Constitution from section 48 to section 84, mm. they are not exhaustive. The list okay. is not exhaustive. It means that where there are other rights, such as the right to development, okay. Um, okay. though they are not mentioned codified or okay, yes, in, the, in the Bill of Rights, it means that they are still recognized by oh, the same Constitution. Okay. That okay. is why um, they put this non preclusion clause to say that it does not preclude the existence of other rights. Mm. And uh, there you have it. That is the introduction to Chapter 4, which is the Bill of Rights found in the Zimbabwean Constitution. Mm-hmm. And uh, join us in our next episode when we really go into the substantive provisions of, of the these Bill of particular rights. rights. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And uh, do feel free to join us even as we're discussing the Constitution of Zimbabwe. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Marvin.